Sean, I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed to, to say this, that it may prevent me ever being able, allowed to come and preach here again. Uh, but a few years ago, I, I, I bought an electric lawnmower. And uh, I went to Bunnings at a little patch of lawn and I went to go buy a mower. And, uh, you know, he looked at all the brands and, and then there was for like, you know, $200 less, an electric lawnmower. And I thought, oh, what the heck? I'll buy the electric lawnmower. It's cheaper. It's a lawnmower. It'll work. So, you know, there's something manly about getting out on a Saturday morning and getting out the jerry can and filling your, law, your lawnmower and priming the engine and grabbing that ripcord and whatever is cold and beginning to pull it and the mower begins to start up. And with the electric lawnmower, it's a little less masculine. I kind of pull out the extension cord. I, I plug it in. I press the button and I vacuum my lawn. Uh, uh, my wife's pretty embarrassed about this. Like, you know, she encouraged me to do the greasy thing and, and buy the real petrol lawnmower, but I wanted the electric one. So, you know, she takes the kids out when I mow the lawn just so they don't look at me. One day they looked out of the window and saw me uh, vacuuming my lawn and I was like, I'm ashamed, don't look at me. She makes me mow my lawn now at night time, which is fine because the sound that you hear on a Saturday morning of the lawnmower rumbling is not the sound I have. I can mow at night time because it sounds like an electric toothbrush every time I go to use my lawnmower. But here's the deal. The job gets done. Uh, uh, the lawn gets mowed. But there is neither the sound, the grunt, the power, or the authority of a fuel lawnmower. I mean, it gets by. The lawns look okay. On the surface, everything's good. But my mower neither has the sound, the power, the grunt, or the authority of a fuel lawnmower. And I reckon this is like a lot of Christians. On the outside, everything looks like it's in order. It's fine. It works. I get by. I get through my season. But when it comes to the supernatural, the miraculous power that God wants you to operate in, we've got to get a sound, a power, a grunt, and an authority back in our life because God doesn't want you to get through. God wants you to walk in everything that He has for your life. You know, you can believe for miracles. You can believe for the supernatural. Uh, there, are, there are God desires and there's heart desires. And sometimes we're like, well, God, I just want what you want. I just want what you desire. And that's good. It's a good posture to have. But God also wants to give you the desires of your heart. And I feel someone needs to hear this. Even I was on the plane yesterday. I texted Pastor Linda and said, can, can you put this Scripture on the, on the screen for me? It's found in Psalm 20 verse 4. And I just feel this needs to speak to someone today. It says, uh, may He give you the desires of your heart. Everyone say, my heart. He, may He give, grant you the desires of your heart and make all of your plans succeed. Today, I want you to know God wants to give you the desires of your heart. There is the desires of God's heart, His will and His plan, but He wants to partner with you and have, allow you to have faith and expectation that you can walk in the miraculous for you, your family and your community. How do you have a power, a sound, a grunt and an authority when it comes to your walk with God. I believe it's not just having faith in God, but I believe the key is having an expectation. Everyone say expectation. Having an expectation He can do it in your life. Amen. So Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Reveal what you wanna say to us in this moment. Let us be stirred with faith but also expectation that there are supernatural days ahead. In Jesus' Name we all pray, Amen.
In Matthew 9, verse 27 to 30, there's a, a line of Scripture that has rocked, my, rocked my, my theology, my understanding of God and my place in it in the last six months or so. Coming out of the last year, sometimes faith can drop and we can settle, we can get used to, you know, just doing life and getting by. Maybe you're watching online today and, and you, you know, you just settled and, you, and you, your faith has dropped and you're wondering when's God gonna come through? When's God gonna move? We all need miracles, we all need breakthrough. And this scripture spoke to me it says in verse 27, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he got indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and he said, say it with me, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. According to your faith. This wrote me because I thought God moved and did miracles according to His will or His ability. But Jesus says to the blind man, according to your faith. What this shows me is God doesn't just do miracles according to your need. He does not just do miracles according to your knowledge. He does not just do miracles according to your title. He does not just do miracles according to your perfect behaviour or your ideas, or to your desires. Although we just read that He wants to give you the desires of your heart. He doesn't just meet your needs because you have desire or because you have uh, 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 the need in your life. He meets your need, not just according to His ability. He meets your need according to your faith. We see this all the way through Scripture. God would allow Jacob to wrestle, wrestle him and say, I won't let go of you until you bless me. And God says, well, according to your faith. It's the same in the reverse. When you see Elisha and the king, he says, get the arrows and strike the ground to signify the victory you're going to have. And he only strikes the ground a couple times. And Elisha says, well, according to your faith, you're only going to have a couple victories. We see that with Hezekiah, he goes to God and he asks God to extend the days of his life. And God is like, well, according to your faith, Jesus goes to the man with a withered hand and he does just heal his hand. He says, stretch out your hand. And as he stretches for his miracle, Jesus heals him according to his faith. Jesus never asked Peter to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Jesus will do what He will do, but He will allow us to step into our miracle. It was Peter that asked Jesus, can I walk on the water? Call me out. And Jesus responds, according to your faith, you can come. For the rest of the disciples, they wanted to stay in the comfort of their boat. And Jesus doesn't call them out. He says, according to your faith, God moves according to your faith. You have an impact on your miracle. Whether you see the fullness of God in your life or not is not just dependent on His ability or your need. It is according to your faith. I mean, why did Jesus not do the amount of miracles in Nazareth as He did in other towns? Well, according to their faith. He said to the disciples, go two by two into towns, heal the sick, cast out demons, Tell them I'm here. But he says, if they, if they don't accept what you have to say, wipe the dust from your feet and leave because according to their faith. It seems like Jesus transfers some of the decision-making power when it comes to miracles over to us. See, what you need to have is so many of us have faith in God, 
But the key to having the sound, the power, the grunt and the authority of the miraculous in your life is that you have to have expectation that God will do the miracle for you. So often we feel God can do the miracle, but we don't have a full expectation that God will do the miracle for me. We defer that responsibility over to Him. And He is sovereign, He is God, and I am not. However, He does defer the part of the responsibility onto you and I to rise up in expectation to step into the miracles that God has for us. I mean, when it came to blind Bartimaeus, there was a town filled with people that came to see Jesus. Can I say, we can be here in church today and have faith in Jesus, but not have an expectation that Jesus is here to meet with you. See, sometimes we can be the crowd and we can get around Jesus because we know He can do miracles. He can do the supernatural. There was a group of people that came to see Jesus that day because they wanted to show. They wanted to see what Jesus would do. They wanted to see what Jesus would will. But there was one man, blind Bartimaeus, who needed a miracle, who was pushed down day in, day out, all of his life, hoping, believing, wanting to be like everyone else. And as he began to cry out to Jesus, the crowd began to silence him. Sometimes even in faith communities, the crowd can silence us from rising up in the faith that says, God, there's a miracle for me here today. I know you've come to meet with everyone, but God's looking for every one of us to come today and each day and meet with Him saying, I know there's a miracle for my life. So as everyone starts to say, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Don't call. Don't disturb the Master. Blind Bartimaeus has an expectation, not just of faith in Jesus, but an expectation that Jesus has a miracle for him. And blind Bartimaeus gets his miracle, not just because of his faith, but because of his expectation. You see, he didn't just get by that day. He had a sound, a grunt, a power and an authority that came from having an expectation that the miracle was for him. We see Jesus feed 5,000 and then a little while later, He feeds 4,000. And then it says there, as He feeds the 4,000, it says the food multiplied as long as the people were hungry. You see, I believe miracles pour out as long as we are hungry. I believe the supernatural power of God is always available, but we only see the multiplication and the outpouring of the miraculous while we remain hungry. You see, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. There is a responsibility in us, not just to have faith in Jesus, but a response and expectation that moves us to works. What is the difference? What is the gap between faith and faith with works? The gap is expectation. And you've got to go after God for it. Amen. A few years ago, Shans, my wife and I, we were in, we're in New York City. Back before we had kids, when you could go on holidays and you could do what you wanted rather than what they wanted. For any of the young families here, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, we're in New York and we just done some, some washing and we're walking back to our hotel. And uh, there was this long, dark alleyway and it was a shortcut to our hotel. We thought, oh, do we go through it? Yeah, okay. We walked through this long alleyway to get to our, to get to our, our room and we're carrying the, the washing in our hands and... and uh, as we get to the end, other end of the alleyway, we see this guy go running past us. And then a few moments later, we see this girl in heels kind of 
jogging, running, doing the best after him, saying, stop, stop, he stole my handbag, thief, he stole my handbag. Well, I turned around, looked down the alleyway. I was a state athlete. I ran, I was, I'm, I'm short. I'm not a tall guy. Is there any short people here today? Can't see you too short. And, uh, and, and I looked down and thought these little legs can move pretty quick. I could probably chase after him, but we're in New York. It's a dark alleyway. I don't know where I am. He's bigger than me. Everyone's bigger than me. Uh, come on, let's just keep going. And I turned around to where my wife was and she wasn't there anymore, just the clothes that we'd been washing. And I turned back down the alleyway and my wife, and she's like five foot three, there's nothing to her. She is sprinting down the alleyway after this guy going, stop, get here, come here. She's yelling out after him. I'm like, she's gonna die. There's these people on the side of the street. She is running after them and she looks at them as she's running and she literally says, let's get him. I mean, she's frothing at the mouth. Her eyes are bloodshot. They're afraid of her. So they literally start running with my wife down this alleyway to go after this guy. guy, She's yelling at this guy, stop, get here. She's talking to him like a dog. You, oi, get here, get here, come, come, come. And the guy turns around thinking literally a demon is chasing him and he throws the handbag to the side of the road. Well, my wife doesn't see that because she's got bloodshot eyes like a lion chasing after a gazelle. She keeps on running and everyone else is yelling to her, it's okay, we've got the handbag. She calms down. There's no word of a lie. She stops. She goes to the side of the road. She picks up the handbag, walks to the lady, hands her the handbag, looks at me like job well done. (laughs) Walks back down the alleyway picks up the washing, puts it in my hand, and I was the wife for the rest of the holiday. <laughs> I remember saying to Shantz, Shantz, what would make you run after someone that you don't know, for someone that you don't care about, down a dark alleyway in a place that's dangerous that we don't live in? And she said, Josh, if you only knew what was inside a girl's handbag, <laughs> you would have run too. I say. Like, I had a faith that I could, but something caused her not just to have a faith that she could, but an action and a response that made her do something that she should never be able to do to get something back she should never be able to get. She had an expectation that she could do something about it. You see, if you only knew what God had inside of you, if you only understood the supernatural life God created you for, if you could just see the miracles that God has yet to pour into your life, if you could just picture the favour that Jesus gave his life for so that you could inherit it, inherit as a son and daughter of God. If you just knew the multiplication, the inheritance, the growth and the impact God has called your life and this church to have, you wouldn't just have a faith that Jesus could do things, but you would have such an expectation that it is for your life, that you wouldn't just stand there, wait and hope, but you would be run, willing to run after the miracles and the breakthrough and the power and the healing of God. Because God's got more for your life and God's got more for this church. Amen. 
See, the woman with the issue of blood, she, she was pushed down for so long. But the difference between her and the crowd around Jesus is they came to spectate. They came for spectation. But Jesus, this woman who'd been pushed down for 12 years, rejected for 12 years, sick for 12 years, she didn't come to spectate. She came with expectation. So she pushes through the crowd. And the reason Jesus turns and she gets healed and restored Restored is not because she just turned up, not just because she had faith in Jesus, but she was willing to push through the crowd. She was willing to push through 12 years of disappointment. She was willing to push through 12 years of rejection. She was willing to push through 12 years of negative reports. There's some of us today where you haven't had the report that you've been believing for. You haven't had the breakthrough, the community, the faith that you needed to get through the last season. But if you can just push through that with expectation, I believe Jesus is wanting people to touch Him, not just Him touch others, but I believe He is wanting people to touch Him with expectation and draw down the supernatural power of heaven into their life like the woman with the issue of blood. See, there's so many people that are around Jesus and there's a picture sometimes of us, of me, of the church where we come to spectate. If you want an experience, be a spectator. But if you want an encounter, you need to have it be an expectator. You see, this woman didn't just want to have an experience, she wanted transformation. Because she wanted to have transformation, she came with expectation and the expectation led her to receive her miracle. You see, some of us are sometimes watching the good seasons and the bad seasons and our expectation rises and falls with the circumstances and situations that we're walking through. But it's not the report we look to. It's not to the season we look to. It's not to how my family, my finance, my body, my health, my situation is going through that I look to. But my eyes are firmly fixed on Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today and forever. So while my circumstances change, my expectation doesn't. It's not just that I have a faith in Jesus. I have an expectation that Jesus has a miracle for me. Amen. Some of us have been in preparation for too long. We've been preparing for the breakthrough season preparing for expansion, preparing to start that business. Can I say there's wisdom in preparation? Proverbs talks about it a lot, but there comes a season where you've got to move from preparation to expectation if you want to see a transformation in your life. Some of us have been waiting on God so long and I feel sometimes God's saying, I've just been waiting on you to not just have faith, I will, but get an expectation like Bartimaeus, like the woman with the issue of blood, like the Canaanite woman, like the hungry Israelites that would say, God, there's a miracle for my life. Amen. So let me just finish with a couple points. Are you doing well this morning? I just want to stir you because I just feel that God says there's a season coming. In fact, I just declare it right now in Jesus' Name. There is a season for your life of unusual miracles and unexpected favour. Amen. First thing about expectation, just two points. Simply, expectation has to be received. Expectation has to be received. I believe expectation is the womb for the demonstration of God's power. See, expectation is when you have a miracle that's not in your hands yet, but it's in your spirit. Like a mother that falls pregnant, she has life on the inside of her, even though she's never seen that life before. 
She's never held a miracle in her hands, yet she carries something that's alive on the inside of her for whatever length of time she needs to carry it until that miracle is able to be born. That expectation season for a mother requires stretching, is uncomfortable, comes with change. But if she is willing to endure the stretching, the discomfort and the carrying of something that is weighty, there will be a season where she has to push. There is a season where you have an expectation where you will need to push in faith. But before you get to that season, you have to carry that miracle in your spirit before you hold it in your hands. Some of us pray and have responded to older calls before and we haven't received our miracle yet. Maybe the miracle you get at the older call sometimes is the miracle of expectation that gives you the grace to hold on to your miracle. But I will tell you what God places on the inside of you, you will hold in your hands one day if you do not give up. But the one thing about a mother that carries the miracle is that the seed has to be received first. And can I say, for some of us that have lost our expectation, it's not that you've quit on Jesus. It's not that you've lost your faith, but you've lost your expectation. Can I tell you, you need to get that spirit of expectation back. So how do you do that? You have to go and spend time with the Holy Spirit. See, you cannot live with expectation without first waiting receiving, hearing, and allowing Him to plant hope and revelation and answers on the inside of us. For some of you that have lost faith and lost the expectation that you can live in the miraculous, for some of your bodies that haven't been healed yet, for some of your kids that haven't come back to Jesus yet, for the business that hasn't gone yet, for the opportunity God called you to right here in this city that hasn't come to pass yet, you have to get that miracle in the inside of you through waiting and soaking and believing and resting. Tomorrow at our, our One Heart meeting, I'm gonna talk, speak a message called Shortcut Simon. Too many of us wanna get to the end by taking a shortcut, but there is no shortcut for the waiting and the resting and the receiving and the believing in what God is about to do. And if you want to receive the seed of the miraculous, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible. Everyone say impossible. So if you want to walk in the miraculous, unusual miracles and unexpected favour, we can't do this without a faith and a faith that has an expectation. But how do you get it? Because anyone who comes to Him must believe He exists and that He rewards those who, say it with me, earnestly seek Him. Earnestly seek Him. Tonight I'm going to share a message about earnest prayer for the lost. Tell you, earnestly seeking Him is not just a quick, okay, God, could you do the miracle or leave it in your hands? No, there's a passionate, desperate cry that says, God, I need the seed of the miraculous in my life. It's there that you begin to ask, think and imagine. You can't, if God's gonna give you exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask, think or imagine, you have to position yourself in the waiting room, in the, in the secret place, in the posture of waiting, receiving, believing, soaking, asking to receive the, uh, the imagination that God has for your life so that He can do the exceedingly abundantly above anything you've asked, thought or imagined. See, it's there as you wait on Him, He'll show you a key. It's there as you wait on Him, He'll give you a jump in your spirit. It's there as you wait on Him, He'll begin to give you the expectation that His miraculous power is available for every one of you, no matter who you are. The first thing is expectation must be received from the Holy Spirit. So if you say, Josh, I'm here today and my expectation's dried up. 
I've stopped believing for what's possible in my life. I have a faith in God, but I don't know if He's gonna do it with me. Can I tell you, there is no shortcut to waiting, wanting, receiving, soaking, and believing that the Holy Spirit can come and give you the seed, give you the miracle to what God is about to do. Amen? And the second thing, really quickly, is that you've got to get around an expectation booster. You need to get around people of faith and expectation if you want to see your miracle come to pass. See, Mary, I love Mary, the mother of Jesus. She should never have fallen pregnant naturally, but the Spirit came and planted the seed inside of her, right? In the same way, if you want to be expecting, you need the seed of the Spirit to come and put something on the inside of you so that you can carry this. So Mary is expecting. She is expecting through the Holy Spirit. And Mary has a whole lot of problems ahead of her, just like you might have a whole lot of problems ahead of you. I mean, she's a young girl, possibly 14, 15, 16. And now she's about to go through body change and hormone change and weird cravings for chicken burgers and mood changes and and the worry of labour. I mean, huge changes for a young girl. And the possibility now of Joseph, her fiance, leaving her, and even worse, no one supporting her and her child. And if we fully understand the laws of the day, if they would not believe her that she was she received from the Holy Spirit, which they would not likely do, there was a high chance she would be stoned to death for unfaithfulness. And and then she now has the problem that she's carrying God. I, I mean. What if she loses God or drops God or swears in front of God? Like these are real problems. At Grace, does she have to pray for 45 minutes now to impress God? I don't want the weight that Mary had to carry. I don't want the problems that Mary has ahead of her. And she, if she fully understands the purpose of this life, this life is ultimately going to die. See, Mary has some real problems, but she's expecting Mary has some real difficulties, but she's expecting. And what Mary doesn't need in this moment is to go to someone practical. Mary doesn't need to go to someone that's just been there before. Mary doesn't need to go to see someone else that had a run of the mill pregnancy. You see, Mary doesn't just need uh, someone that just tells her, to do something natural. What Mary needs is to find someone else that's carrying something supernatural. And the keys, oh, you're here. Hello, there you go. Join me, let's go. Um, Mary has to find someone that also is carrying something supernatural. So when you need something supernatural, don't go to someone practical. Don't go to someone logical. Don't go to someone that's settled. What Mary does is Mary goes and finds someone else that's expecting. She expecting, found expecting. She goes to her cousin Elizabeth, who is too old to have a miracle, but the cousin also received a miracle pregnancy from God. You see, when you need a miracle from heaven, when you need your family to be saved, when you need your job to turn around, when you need your business to go to the next place, don't think logically. Don't just sit back and spectate what God's gonna do. Stop just preparation and practical thinking, but expect. Expecting needs to get next to expecting. The supernatural needs to get next to the supernatural. Mary doesn't just go to another midwife. She doesn't just go to someone else that's been there before. But in the middle of all the turmoil, she goes to someone else that's carrying something supernatural. 
You see, if we wanna see miracles break out, if we wanna see supernatural favour, if we wanna see souls, we need to come into the house of God and not have another service. We need expecting to get next to expecting, to get next to expecting, to get next to expecting. Because what happens when Mary expecting gets next to Elizabeth expecting? Expectation rises. Elizabeth says to her, when you got near me, the baby in me began to leap. The expectation in me began to rise when I got next to your expectation. We need people of the Holy Spirit filled with supernatural power that are carrying a seed of the Holy Ghost that maybe you've been stretched. Maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe you don't have it in your hands yet, but you've got to find someone that has a belief in their spirit that if God's not finished with me yet, I'm not going to stop calling out His name. I'm going to keep on pushing through the crowd. I'm going to remain hungry because there is a miracle on the way. Amen. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Everyone say this after me. There's a miracle for me. There's a miracle for me. See, when you're expecting, you begin to sow in expectation. You begin to praise in expectation. You begin to pray in expectation. Not just in faith. Faith is the key. But what allows us to have faith plus works that allows us to respond, to run, is an expectation that God's going to do something supernatural in my life. And I don't know God's timing and I do believe in God's power and I know He can move right now. But I just want to pray today that we would receive a seed of the Holy from the Holy Spirit that allows us to believe and see and prophesy, declare, witness and say, God, I know something supernatural is going to happen in my life again. We're going to pray for every person in this place, but maybe you're watching online, you're on the couch and you need a miracle too. You're in your kitchen, you're in the car, wherever you're watching and you need a miracle. Would you stand to your feet as well? And if that's you in the room or maybe you in this room and you need a miracle today, would you lift your hands to heaven? Come on, I know there's more than this. I know there's people right now that need someone in your family to come to Jesus. Someone who's shut off to the Gospel. A healing in your body that the doctor said you can't have. Something you've put up with for too long. I declare in Jesus' Name over this house and over every person, there is a season of unusual miracles and unexpected favour. I believe in Jesus' Name right now that faith can rise and expectation can stir because we know the miracle worker. We know the way maker. We know the creator of heaven and earth. We know the one that raised the dead and opened blind eyes and opened deaf ears that saw that provided and made a way where there is no way. So God, we come in today and we say, we're sorry for where we've settled. We're sorry for where we've just been part of the crowd. We're sorry for where we've not allowed the desires in our heart to be brought to You again, where we've got complacent, where we've sat down and begin to watch and just say, God, over to You. But today we partner with heaven. Today we partner with the Creator of heaven and earth. Today we partner with our supernatural God. And we say, let there be miracles in our life and You. Let there be a season of unusual miracles and unexpected favour afresh. I pray, Lord God, that 
right now faith would stir, that we would be able to be a church that prays in faith before we see our miracle and sows in faith before we see our miracle and gives thanks in faith before we see our miracle. That Lord God, expectation will get next to expectation, would get next to expectation, that there would be a rise of faith in this next season, that Lord God, healings would come. I pray for every person that's sick in body. Put your hand on the part of your body that needs a miracle right now. Father, I pray in Jesus' Name, supernatural healing power to their body right now, right now, right now. I thank You that as much as You gave Your life for our sin, that You heal our body. In Jesus' Name, I declare that by Your stripes, they are healed, they are healed, they are healed, they are healed. I thank You, Father, for the provision of heaven. I thank You that the floodgates of heaven are open. I thank You that, Lord God, You said we could test You on this, that as we are faithful with our resource, that we can be trusting You and have an expectation that You would be faithful with what You have. So God, I pray You would pour into our life favour, 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 favour in Jesus' Name. For those that are away from Jesus, I pray our loved ones, that Lord God, open doors. Let there be open doors. Let there be open doors. I pray, Lord God, You would stir us anew, stir our faith afresh, that this is the day of the miracle. This is the day of favour. In Jesus' Name, we declare promising to give You all the glory, all the honour and all the praise in Jesus' Name. Every person said, Amen. Come on, why don't you give Him a shout of praise this morning? He's so good. He's so good. Awesome. Just, just for a moment, grab your seats. We're finished. I just need to do one thing, the most important thing. Come back tonight. We're going to talk about leading our loved ones to Jesus. And what do you do in the in-between? Tomorrow, we're going to take time to soak in the Holy Spirit. But right now, there is no greater miracle than someone finding Jesus. He loves you so much. Wherever you are in this room, young, old, here for the first time, maybe coming back to church, watching online, He loves you. And it's not about how good you are or how much you know or what you've done, but it's rather having this faith and this expectation that Jesus is enough that He came and lived a life like you and I, but never sinned, that He paid the price for our sin, that He rose again from the dead, and that if I just believe in Him, I can have this expectation, I am saved. I can have this expectation, I will have peace. I can have this expectation that one day when I shut my eyes forever, I will be in eternity with Him.